Before we begin the episode, we have to give our patrons over at Patreon a quick shout out. They are Kelby Goodman, Aperba, Eric Sari, Andy Herbrandt, Paul Campaneshi, Rock the Green, Hanson Screenprint, and Lauren L. Thank you guys so much for supporting this small little pod. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the dairy state. We, of course, are your hosts. I am Eric. And I'm Russ. <laughs> and today we are talking about another Wisconsin Historical Society site, a landmark. Uh, we are today discussing the Via Louise. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I mean, if okay. you're going French, it's Louis, but Via Louise. Via Louis. We're, we're, we're English, so yeah. it's Louise, right? I'm not too familiar with French, so I wanted to stay on the safe side I li- there. I like baguettes. Yeah, it's about exactly. as French as I have. <laughs> I like so. French onion soup. Yeah, so. all right. But uh, we also have great Wisconsin music on today's episode from Jalen Rommel. We have another beer review for you. Of course, we have another edition of How Many Locos You Got. <sighs> which is a very infamous segment that we have here. Uh, you're going to love it if you've never heard it. It's pretty ridiculous. It's, it's always ridiculous. It's always off the charts. It's insane. Uh, hey, if you have not already, please uh, please stop over to Apple Podcast or Spotify and uh, give us a rate. Give us some stars. Give us some reviews. Uh, that definitely helps put this show into the algorithm oh, yeah. of other individuals. Uh, that maybe haven't seen the show yet or, or heard it yet. So uh, takes maybe a minute, two minutes tops. It, it, we It's the biggest thing that we can ask you to do. And there's some great ones out there. What was the one we reached out to recently? Hilf podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's freaking awesome, man. I love the name, dude. It is. It's, it's awesome. It's so awesome. So. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Don Brody, I believe. Is yeah, and it's a great show, too. Yeah. If you're into history, it's great. I oh, love yeah, show. yeah. She covers an, um, an amazing array of topics and stuff, too, so... Um, uh, hey, and then also, if you want to become a supporter of the show, a direct supporter of the show, uh, we do have a Patreon. Uh, you can find all of that information at WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. Uh, and, and also, we have the T Public site. Uh, it, it's the best way to be able to get merch from us at this point uh, until we reach the status of some of these other great you know, pods, uh, we can't really do merch directly from ourselves. So exactly. T public is great because it's just a, uh, it's a slew of, of screen printers that have essentially, uh, just been our, our, our screen printing buddies, you know, the yeah. orders go directly to them through this T public site. They print those, uh, pieces of merch for you and, and ship directly from them. So we really have a hands-off approach on it, which is awesome because, Right now, Russ and I have our hands full just writing episodes oh, yeah. and uh, creating uh, the, the content and then also reaching out to bands and, and breweries. And um, two, It's a two-man pony show. It really here, is. So. It's, it's a lot of work. So, um, 
yeah, becoming a Patreon or or supporting us by buying That's, some merch on Key Public. The Patreon's ma- really huge. It's major. I mean, it's, it's major, major for us. So. Yeah. So uh, we just wanted to go ahead and say thank you as well for uh, all all that you do. Everyone that listens, uh, of course, our Patreons that we yeah, already shouted out at the month beginning. by month. We just keep getting larger and larger. Yeah. And we're doing it the right way. We're not getting greasy with it. You know, pushing it hard. Right. It's just word of mouth has been number one. I Basically, think. yeah, the natural way. So. Uh, been loving it, and and we're gonna continue to rock these babies out as long as we're as long as I'm alive, as long as I'm healthy and alive. You know, after I'm that car it. accident, I got I'm getting a hearing aid. I'm falling yeah. apart here, so as long as we can keep make these things, we'll keep making them. So. <laughs> Russ is gonna be a little bionic, so it's gonna be cool. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into the Via Louis. So yeah, the site um originally was inhabited by Native American tribes in Prairie du Chien area. Um, especially the mound builders, which were in the area and large mounds upon the later structure at the site. Um, Fort Shelby and Fort Crawford and the homes of Hercules and Louise Dahlman have all stood in the area. In 1814, the siege of Prairie du Chien was fought in the area by the American British troops hoping to control Fort Shelby during the War of 1812. Later, the land was occupied by Fort Crawford. After white settlers drove indigenous communities from their homelands, the lands was purchased by Hercules L. Dousman, who was a man of many trades, a fur trader, lumberman, land sculptor, and frontier entrepreneur. And in the mid-1840s, he began construction on the estate from which Via Louis would be born. The location he chose was perfect due to its proximity to the Mississippi River. And later, Dousman's son, Louis, again, <laughs> Hercules Louis Dousman, established the present estate. Um, and actually, he tore down his dad's original uh, mansion and actually built a bigger one, which is the Via Louis we know today. Okay, gotcha. Yep. And it was designed by E. Townsend Mix and was built in 1871 in the Victorian Italianate style. So wow. it's a pretty it's a pretty classy, legit place to go and visit. It's a pretty ornate looking building, huh? Oh yeah, and you can see mounds in the area. And obviously you're right by the Mississippi, so you can cast a line in there too. I'm a huge fisherman, yeah, so I, mean, I love that area. I mean, you could also go to Hurley and see some mounds in that area. Oh yeah, the d- mounds of the <laughs> the sorry variety. <laughs> the, old, <laughs> the old vanilla mounds. The, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. So the estate, now known as Via Louis, became began when Prairie du Chien trader and investor Hercules Dowman purchased the land previously occupied by Fort Crow- Crawford. Dousman had the remains of the fort cleared away. Um, in 1843, he built a large brick Greek revival house on top of the Indian Mound, which he had been the site of the uh, Old Fort Southeastern Blockhouse. Because of this, Hercules Dousman home was co- would to become the House of the Mound, it was known as. Yeah. The name was also used as a title of the August Der- Derelith uh, novel that featured Dousman as the principal character. Hercules Dousman lived in the house on the mound until his death in 1868. At the time of his death, he was one of the wealthiest men in Wisconsin and passed his fortune on to his wife, Jane, and his son, Louis. Upon coming into his father's estate, Louis decided to demolish the house as I previously stated. He'd actually yeah. cleared it out and built the new one on top of it. And he wanted to replace it with a more contemporary Victorianate style. And uh, also with an Italian featurettes and some Italian um, architecture as well right. ingrained into the home. Yeah, just throw a little Italy in there somewhere. And actually the house for the time included modern indoor plumbing and central heating, both considered extreme luxuries like we mentioned in our previous episode with the Tolman house. Right. They weren't very common at the time. Because most places just had the, uh, like, uh, the, the kind of like freshwater tanks in the basement, but they weren't really tanks. It was like this area... Uh, it was all made out of brick. Yep. And fresh big, water would be in there. Little poop shoot. Exactly. It's pretty much what it was. Yeah, well, you would you would use the water to either bathe, or you could use that water to like, 
you know, flush down waste. Or exactly whatever. what they consider like gray water. Technically. Exactly. It's, yeah. So it's water you can actually like run off to your house. Like for example, your bath water or like your laundry, right? Yeah. You can run it off into the yard kind of thing. So this was still around that time, but there was modern plumbing. Yeah. Uh, that that it wasn't an outhouse. We have to go exactly. out the, especially in the winter when you have to take a dusker in the winter. <laughs> that makes I you mean, just want snow, to shit your pants. Snowshoes and some thick boots on when you're <laughs> yeah. trying to take a squeege. Yeah, Oof. dude, I'm not, not into it. Not good. And the new mansion was built on some of the parts, and the old one was demolished. And obviously, the building, if you look at it, it features the Milwaukee Cream City brick. It's almost c- completely constructed out of Cream City brick. Oh, is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. And it also became the residence of Louis's mother, Jane, who, again, was the one who also inherited the area. And uh, but, but she did, Louis himself did move to St. Paul, Minnesota, a um, lot long after the construction was finished. And the reason being, um, he was kind of an upperclassman. He was an heir to his father's fortune. He kind of hung out with, like, the big city uh, rich people of the St. Paul, Minnesota, Min- Minneapolis area. Yeah, shit was don't known, stink kind of guys. Yeah, and was known to be kind of more on the swanky end of things, you know, for the time period. So. Right. Uh, in St. Paul, Louis married Nina Sturgis, and later the couple moved to St. Louis, Missouri, eventually having five children. However, following the death of his mother, Jane Dousman, in 1882, Louis made, pl- Louis made plans to return to Prairie du Chien and transform the family estate into a stock farm to breed stand- uh, standard-bred horses. Stables and paddocks were constructed on the estate, along with half-a-mile racetrack, so Dousman could begin holding an annual carriage race on the property. Because of the estate had an artesian well, Louis decided to call his new venture Artesian Stock Farm in 1885. Louis moved back to Prairie du Chien Estate with his family. In the process, the 1871 mansion was substantially remodeled, and the house was decorated in the style of the British arts and crafts movement of the time. The remodel included not only the house, but also the adjacent office. The remodeling was done by Chicago designer, former William Morris Company of London, and kind of a big name, um, especially in the Chicagoland area. If sure. you're in, if you're in the architecture, William Morris, big. Yep. Yeah. And Louis Louis plans for the estate um, to become abrupt halt on the following year on the sudden death in January of 1886 when he passed away. He was only 37 years old when he died, leaving behind a widow and five children. And after Louis' death, the stock farm was disbanded and the horses sold. And Nita Dousman renamed the estate to Via Louis in memory of her late husband. Later in 1888, Nina remarried and moved to New York City, leaving the estate vacant. Her new marriage did not last, however, and in 1893, she returned with the five Dousman children to the Midwest, and Via Louis was then used as the family's summer home in the early 20th century. Louis de Vierville Dousman, the only son of Louis and Nina, was the last member to actually occupy the estate, but then he left for Billings, Montana in 1913 with his wife, Sarah Easton. And I want to say right right up front, um, you're going to recognize the name Dousman, right? The city of Dousman. I was just going to say, yeah. But actually, there's no connection there. Um, really? There really is not. There was another, um, I think his name was T.L. Dowsman, who was okay. actually the founder. I actually raised researches pretty heavy because yeah. I was like, I recognize the last name. I'm like, Dowsman, right by Heartland area. Yeah, you would naturally think that, that maybe there's some sort of a connection to, you know, Dowsman over near like the, the Oconomowoc, you know, Heartland. Yeah, kind of Heartland. Yeah, yeah, that's, yep. But although the Dousman family had left the Via Louis estate by 1913, they continued to own the property. And over the decades, they rented the mansion for use as a boarding house or a boarding school, among other things. And in 1930s, two of the Dousman children, Violet and Virginia, began to restore the estate to its 19th century appearance. They then transformed the property to the city of Prairie du Chir- Prairie du Chien, so that the mansion could be sold and operated as a historic house museum. And in 1952, the site was actually required by the Wisconsin Historical Society and became the organization's first historical site, actually. Okay. 
Wow. Yeah. And since then, the Villa Louis Historic Site had expanded the uh, encompassed two other nearby National Historic Landmarks, the Brisbois House and the Aston Fur Warehouse. The warehouse now functioned as a museum of the fur trade, um, of the French fur trade of the time. Um, while the Brisbois house was uh, rena- remained close to the public. The site also contains the Roulette House, which is listed in the National Register of Historic Places. And numerous outbuildings were constructed by the Delsmans as part of the Villa Louise estate. Um, in the 1990s, the discovery of numerous photographs of the Villa Louise um, estate from around late 19th century allowed the Historical Society to undertake a major restoration of the mansion and surrounding buildings to restore the estate to its former glory of what it actually looked like during the right, time period. Right, right. Um, yeah, so th- just a, another great place. And I know with COVID right now, I do believe the site is still temporarily closed. And they sure. haven't actually reopened it to the public cur- currently. But why we do recommend as one of your Wisconsin stops to go and check out Via Louis. And uh, it's just a really cool place. And, like, you know, obviously the Wisconsin Historical Society does, like, the most amazing jobs when they take on these projects. Well, and I think one of the things that, that certainly showcases that uh, and should stand as, as significant proof of that is in this particular case of the Via Louis, the the fact that they, they didn't really want to embark on any sort of a uh, restoration project unless they had uh, some photographs and some, some real... Uh, identifiers and some real proof of of what this thing was supposed to look like and what it what it had been because like you said you want to restore it and, and return it to its kind of you know glory days and uh, I mean anybody who's uh, really really professional in that restoration and like uh, you know like especially with like art pieces I mean that stuff is so delicate oh yeah I mean they have to know exactly when and, and what type of paper uh, you know, or, or, you know, whatever was, was used for that piece of art, the type of paint that was used, you know, the materials, uh, because all of them age and, and are affected by elements in such different exactly. ways. And so you, as the, as the restorer have to have to be, you know, cognizant of that the entire time, because everything, um, you know, you think it's as easy as, uh, uh, you know, maybe setting it into like a, a some sort of a humidifier chamber to kind of bring life back to something, but that could that could totally ruin it. You know, exactly. And that's kind of the same thing with like these bricks or some of the the molding that's used, or maybe they used marble on on you know some of the things, real tile. You know, if you want to restore grout in between tile and all that stuff, you have to be age age specific. Exactly. And you know, what a cool job. Could you imagine being like be a his- amazing. historic interior designer? Yeah. What a great career for somebody like going into that field. I yeah. Mean. Because there's, uh, I mean, literally hundreds in every single city uh, of buildings that, that, you know, especially major metropolitan cities, hundreds of buildings that, uh, you know, have, have kind of fallen, you know, into different uh, states of, you know, decrepit and, and, you know, uh, just disrepair. And and all of those need to be handled with such uh, precise uh, care, and, I, and and these are the people that do it. And I think me and you are kind of in the same boat. Like we don't really like those suburban generic homes. Neither no. one of us. Like our house, like all the two houses I've owned have both been from like the late early 1900s, or like the house we have now is like 1896. Right, right. And I know you guys have a historic home here too, as well. Yeah, 1924. So. And it definitely shows. I mean, it has the character. I I never got into those suburban homes, and I don't know how people like really just love them, like where they're just you know cookie cutter. I guess you call right them. a subdiv- little subdivisions and stuff. Yeah, there's just no character. It just seems so generic. It's like yeah. the cheapest materials. There's like and they they slap them up so quickly oh, yeah. with you know. I don't want to say limited care or caution, but like 
you know, it's just, it, it is what it is. I mean, a, a home that's built in, you know, literally three or four months is, is what it is. I, I mean, mean I'm looking right now in the studio, Eric has like a massive mahogany beam right it across. It's huge. Yeah. With a, and instead of a support that goes from ground or from the underside of the beam to the floor, it's actually a, a suspension rod that goes from one corner of the beam all the way to the other corner of the beam. And then it has, it basically uses itself to support itself. It's, it's an, you know, it's a, a unique structure for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, I like you said, I, I think uh, these have so much more character. Yeah, and if you guys do own a historic home and you want us to kind of showcase it, because we love that kind of stuff, we'll definitely share it on our uh, social media and kind of show other people. Because I know Absolutely, yeah. I love, like, even, like, French doors or, you know, like, just ar- arches. Yeah. Like, I love I love stuff. seeing basements with stone, uh, individual stone uh, used for the foundation. I love seeing like bark still on uh, pieces of oh, timber yeah. as, you know, support That's what beams we have, too. We have old fieldstone walls. Yeah, it's pretty I neat. love it. But, I love that stuff. Yeah, I've been in your basement one yeah, time. Yeah, it's, it's a little creepy because we did stucco it recently just to add a little more structurability to it. But yeah. um, there are still exposed, a lot of exposed stones. Yeah, so. yeah. I remember, didn't you find a snake down there one time? Oh, yeah, it's about four foot long. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really scared of snakes, but everyone else in the house is. Oh, I don't like So you them. just grab them behind the head and just throw them. Like a like just a whip them as hard as you can. Oh yeah, you just you just lasso Indiana right Jones into the woods. Shit. Oh yeah, you just lasso right into the woods. It doesn't come back after that. I'll tell yeah. you right now. So. But that's going to conclude yeah. our main segment. All right, so now on to our music segment. Uh, we like to feature uh, basically Very any eclectic. type of music. Oh yeah, yeah. we are eclectic people, anyways. So yeah, and and so you know, we honestly we just search out. Any any artist, uh, any band, uh, individual, solo, whatever, from anywhere in Wisconsin, and we try to just feature uh, you know a good song of theirs, and 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 hey, anybody who happens to listen to our stuff, will will at least get a great taste of uh, of a little bit of uh, Wisconsin music on every single episode. And this time, we have a really great artist, Jalen Romel. Um, and, and honestly, Russ, you know, I, I just played for you the first time. Oh my God. Uh, the song it's, that we're going to Just the yeah. vocals are just so crisp and clear. And I love, I love the bass, man. I think it's just a simple DAG, but yeah. like that down is just, it adds yeah. so much feeling to the song and it's just amazing. It is. Yeah. And, and you know, it doesn't have to be this super, you know, math rock kind of thing in order. No, to get, I, I think it's great. I, it like goes with the style and I could literally see this guy taking off. I'm glad he oh, let yeah. us play his music because this is just insanely good yeah yeah definitely in that r&b kind of folk singer songwriter he's definitely got a lot going on here influence wise and uh, uh great great milwaukee talent and uh, uh also he's uh you know uh, kind of that 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 poster boy for this you know urban urban folk uh and then he also you know he he uh, says that he's uh for the anti-opioid kind of movement as well which is huge as well oh I heck mean, yeah fuck opioids man and, and, i lost yeah. too many people yeah, because it gets, of it you it know gets, yeah pretty pretty outrageous so um in this particular album you know it, it, a lot of a lot of different topics are are in here you know uh, whether that be from, you know, heartbreak, separation, acceptance, uh, passion. I mean, just there's so many things in this. And, and in, in this particular song, we're playing Deep Water. Um, you can really feel it. You oh, can yeah. absolutely feel it. Uh, great stuff. Uh, I absolutely, uh, like you said, first off about the, the vocals. Um, so crisp and clean. Silky, soulful, just good, amazing. Soulful and silky. 
So uh, without hey, without trying to hype it up too much more, I want you to just hear the song. Uh, again, this is Jalen Romel, and the song is Deep Water. What an amazing track. Jalen Romel, uh, Russ, you said it. Awesome track, man. Agreed. Um, and I I really need to slow down because I after our podcast, I buy so much of this music when I get home. I've been spending way too much money on CDs. Like, but that's good for them. No, it is for sure. It's bad for me, but it's good bad for, for them. your wallet, but it's great for them. Because I think I have now, I got all the Seesaw. I, I'm going to probably grab this one. Pretty much all the bands we featured, I yeah. at least have a few songs that I've purchased. It's oh, like, and actually, I'm spending way too much cash on sort it. Sort of an unfortunate uh, uh, thing to, to talk about, I guess, about a recent band that we uh, had, had featured. I think it was Dislocation. Um, they actually, they called it quits. Really? Yeah. I like they were cool. They had one of their last shows uh just like the week uh, this like almost the same week that we played them on the I think it was the 100th episode. Yeah, that's really sad. So, uh great music, but uh, you know, obviously as, as is with all musicians and and music projects and bands and things, uh another great thing will come out of this. Maybe even three or four things, you know, depending on which which way each member goes. You know, you and I had a band together at one point. We each went our separate ways, created different bands, and, and I think it just gives more art 
to to you know more people. Well, either way, they're forever uh, ingrained in the WDH. They lore, are. So they are in the lore, man. So, but Jalen Romel, please go and check all of his stuff out. Spotify is where I found uh, uh, you know a good slew of music. But if you really want to get money into the artist's hands, you know, the, the way to do that is, uh, usually what band camp uh, yeah. is a really good way. I, ba- yeah. Band iTunes camp, is okay. iTunes. Too. I mean, sometimes I do the iTunes. Usually I'm yeah. the band camp guy. Cause I think that, that one goes more direct. I think to it them, goes I believe, more direct, yeah. which is kind of why I like doing it that way. Yeah. So, and it takes a lot of money to be able to put that stuff out onto those services. You pay a, uh, usually a monthly fee for like distro kit or, you know, a couple of these other yeah, services yeah. that, will put the music into Spotify and streaming stuff, but then also puts it out onto uh, Apple to be purchased or Google for purchase. And, and so that none of that's free, you know, the artist is, is going to make a little bit of money off of when you do purchase it. But remember the initial fees for a lot of this stuff that we, even us putting the, the uh, podcast out, uh, we have to pay SoundCloud, you know, oh, yeah. uh, and, and a, always, a large, a large fee at the beginning of each year. And always, you know, support local. Like, I mean, we can't stress it enough. Like anything Wisconsin, like buy it goes back to our state, goes back to somebody maybe who needs the money. So right. anything you can do to support local. Yeah. Right. And we world. encourage Illinois to yeah. keep coming in and, and buying pro- us too. Yeah. Move your Illinois money into Wisconsin too. Um, Jalen <laughs> Romel though, uh, deep water, just absolute phenomenal track. Go and listen to everything else he's got going on. Uh, and then pay attention to his schedule for touring. I know he plays a lot of local places in the Milwaukee area as well. So let's move on to our beer segment. Yeah, we got a great one. And uh, thanks Do to the ever. sweetheart, Katie Leinenkuga, for coming on the show and uh, telling us about this one. She's the, she's the best. She's probably one of the coolest people of all time. Easily, yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've run into her a few times, too, outside uh, of the of the uh the podcast stuff and and she's doing you know a lot, a lot of live uh, uh local events to be able to promote and and to uh educate everybody on the new line in Google's products and then also just you know hey being an awesome friendly face yeah and, great. She, and she's just like a bubbly person she really brings the energy for lining yeah. kugels which is great because i love Liney's beers i'm yeah, gonna be honest so. super personable so today we're drinking the one that she recommended to us which is the juicy peach um it's the refreshing and tart with a natural peach flavor coming in at 4.4 percent alcohol by volume and uh, it's kind of like your standard can in the uh, Lining Kugels fashion, um, kind of with the Lining Kugels logo. You're seeing some people going on the canoe trip uh, on their lake there. And uh, what what's more summer than Lining's? Yeah, I think nothing really speaks uh, summer, nice weather, uh, grill out on the patio, like you said, camping. Uh, those are all... Perfect, perfect lining Kugel settings. Uh, I this, love peaches too, so this, this one's right phenomenal. And, and they have they have the grapefruit one. They have the obviously the summer shandy. Oh, yeah. They've got lime. They've got so many of these really refreshing uh, fruit and and citrus flavors uh, mixed with obviously some of the best and finest crafted beers. And, the the fresh water coming right out of the Chippewa Falls. Uh, something about this beer is just absolutely magical. And I think in, in Germany, they'd be considered like a rattler where you got the maltiness, but you're also Correct. getting the fruit. Um, but yeah, this one is great. Um, so I'm going to read off the can real quick, just so you guys can get the little story that they put on there. So Lining Cool's Juicy Peach is a refreshing and easy drinking beer that balances delicious sweetness from natural peach juice with subtle tart notes this approach, thirst-quenching beer, is packed with flavor and sure to please your palate with a smooth finish from the Lining Kugels family. And I can't agree more. You, you're getting the peach flavor, but you're also getting the tartness of the beer. Very light. Um, this would pair out with anything. Like, for me, this would be perfect for a barbecue chicken. 
I'm, I'm not gonna lie like grilling out barbecue chicken summer hot day this this is like the beer you want to go for squeeze a little lime on it too, get you a little refreshingness in the summer heat yeah yeah this phenomenal would, like you said yeah it's something with a with a nice barbecue uh this would just wash that down perfectly oh yeah and it's refreshing too right so it's not like a dehydrating beer obviously 4.4 percent abv you're not going to get super dehydrated right. you know if you're going to drink a whole case of these maybe drink some water but yeah you know you yeah. just don't want to get that headache or that hang over the next day but yeah it's important yeah i mean like it's just in your traditional lining kugel scan there's a peach on it with some um barley um like i said the canoeing on the lake a great beer, and I highly recommend this one. And I don't know if it's just going to be a permanent or a limited release, but I did find this one at the Walmart here in Muskego's where I got this one from. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. They actually have a pretty good variety there. I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a, a, a decent little section there, you know. There's obviously. not a lot of craft. They got a lot of the domestics, but they do have a small little craft area kind of in the center there. Yeah. And there's quite a few to choose from. Yeah, there's definitely a decent selection. So, uh, But this one, an obvious choice for uh, the time of year. We're finally oh, yeah, getting into heat. that. We're finally getting there, you know. Yeah, We're finally yeah. getting to that that comfortable uh, uh, flavor of summer where it's not super, uh, not super super uh, uh, muggy, but it's. We're there. It's not the 90 degrees where you want to get naked when you're doing anything yeah, outside. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't have to constantly have a mister on you, but uh, yeah, this is this is the perfect beer to, to try to help refresh yourself on those really you know swelching you when, know, when you start seeing the state bird sweltering the mosqui- heat when you start seeing the state bird the mosquito come out this is a perfect beer you got it so go ahead and check this one out again we this drank- pairs well with a citronella candle yeah oh yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but again this one was the lining kugel's juicy peach uh please go and check it out and uh, I, I don't know if it's gonna be limited release so get it soon grab a seat gather around join us for a chat how many locos you have? All right, folks, you know what that means. It's the uh, segment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> How many locos? The infamous loco segment. And this one's coming uh, from a Wally World here in Wisconsin. So let's yeah. uh, let's hear the story. Yeah, so this one is uh, near the Marshfield area there. An unidentified man was arrested on suspicion of an OWI Wednesday in the parking lot of the Marshfield Walmart. And uh, a bystander, yeah, Walmart, Walmart, a a bystander actually reported the incident late Wednesday evening, saying they had seen the man crash the vehicle, then get out and run into the store. (laughs) Got to get some more beer. Got to get some more beer or something, you know, Uh, and then uh, officers were officers were able to locate him and discovered that he uh, was actually on probation for other charges. Yikes. Um, So an act 79 search was actually conducted, which turned up various unnamed items according to a police report released to the media. So uh, they found a bunch of unnamed items. I guess I'm we guessing can all that's drug assumptions, paraphernalia stuff. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe a little cocaine, maybe, maybe, maybe a little uh, booger sugar. Uh, officials also noticed signs of impairment and arrested him at the scene. Not so good. Not good. Uh, things are looking very, very bad for this man at this point. Uh, the man did consent to a blood draw and was taken then to the Marathon County Jail, uh, where he awaits charges through the DA's office. Drug enforcement? Oof. No, it's just the, the, the district attorney. Oh, okay. I don't know about the I drug stuff. I thought you said stuff. DEA. I was like, oof. Yeah, that would drug be... Drug enforcement agency. He, I was like, oof. He was really He's cooking done. something He's great. Federal. <laughs> He's federal. He's <laughs> federal. He's going to Priazian. No, but this one just seems to be kind of a run-in-the-mill... It's yeah, like it's, a county jail. We don't really thing. get a lot of info on this one because this one's from the Wausau newspaper. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, we got a little bit of information. So mm-hmm. the dude's been drinking. I'm guessing he went to Walmart to refuel. And can I just make a little side note before yeah. we go into the how many locos we're at? If you're going to be drinking all day, make sure you got enough beer that's going to last you. Don't don't have to go for the refuel trip. I mean, right. I'm just that's just a Wisconsin hit, like a Wisconsin thing tip. I well, guess. I think we all know the 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 type of the type of things that happen here in Wisconsin and the type of people that we are in Wisconsin. Not not all of us, but some of us. You know, obviously, uh, they like to partake uh, and, and uh, have libations for the entire day. Oh yeah, and get pretty juiced up. If you're gonna do that, like Russ mentioned, start the day buying too much. And that way you can always have those beers uh, or or alcoholic beverages, whatever, uh, for another time. You know, yeah, exactly. it's not like they go bad, you know, and, and you're going to have them probably the next day or the next weekend anyway. So I think it's best to start off buying too much than not enough because of the incident Russ is explaining here. You get that refuel trip and it gets I'm you. telling you, it man, you. it's going to bite you. It, it definitely can. Um, yeah. So we don't have a lot of information. We don't have an age or anything, but we know this guy has some uh, other pending charges. Right. He's probably been drinking a little bit in the morning, maybe one in the afternoon. He's like, I got to refuel. He's, he's not a good beers. character, that's for sure. He's, he's on probation for other things. But we don't um, have a lot of info, though. No. And um, I'm guessing, like, I kind of have... See, showing signs of impairment is kind of now, the key. Remember, though, he did crash and then uh, still proceeded to go into Walmart. Like, okay, so he might he might be a little. He's not blackout, but he's up there, I guess. I think he's up there. So I think I got a number, Eric. Uh, what about you? I, you know, I don't feel comfortable with what I'm at. I feel like we're going to be on on pretty far ends here. But um, I'm, I'm le- can I just tell you where I'm leaning? Yeah, go I'm ahead. leaning at a ten today. Okay, yeah, and I was I was kind of looking at the twelve mark. Do you want to meet um, in the middle then and go with 11 local for this guy? We don't yeah. have a lot of info, so I think 11 local is kind of safe on this one. Yeah, because remember, again, the math is, you know, that each can of four loco contains four locos. Right. Um, so you drink one, but that's going to be four. And so in this instance, we're, we're suspecting that this guy, I was originally thinking that this guy was at a, a three cans. He's about two and a half local, is kind of where we're leaning. Maybe the two and a half mark is a better idea. And it, this well, now again, one can gets you pretty juiced and loosed. Man. Oh yeah, like, it does. This, this is, uh, this is high octane stuff. 14% it's, alcohol. Most of them. Yeah. yeah and insane. it doesn't contain, it doesn't contain, uh, uh, the, the energy uh, effect anymore because I, I think that that was banned uh and outlawed uh that you can't like you can't put fucking exactly yeah, so yeah. sparks was the original and that was from the wisconsin area that one went to the wayside for loco kind of it gave birth to four loco which originally the original recipe was still malt, malt liquor high octane booze with that energy aspect you know ginseng ginkgo biloba all these other fucking nonsense words that i'm pretty sure nobody fucking knows anything about um, it's something NASA came up with for sure to stay up when you're in the fucking space station or whatever, but it, 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 it still is harsh. It, I, oh, I just yeah. want, I just want everybody to know one can of this, even though it doesn't have that fucking, uh, cocaine effect, it still has a, a gnarly effect and they don't sell it in like a small 12 ounce can. They sell it in the fucking milk jug for fucking Oh yeah, it's sake. a so, lot. And it's, I just wanted to give the and the the backstory is so when when I was living in my house in Janesville, um, I got off out of like a massive relationship, so I ended up having a roommate, Mike, come to move in with me. And Serge used to come over on the weekends and kind of hang out and party with us. Yeah. But what we'd do when Mike was in his room, we'd shout, we'd be like, "Hey, Mike, how many locos you at?" 
And that's well, kind of how it all started. We all knew he was in there having a few be- beers or drinks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We were out in, in the in the actual house having, you know, drinks and beers. Uh, and we just wanted to make sure that we were kind of all on pace here, you yeah. know. How many locals? I don't want. I don't want him like to be. Shout. Yeah, I don't want him to be so so far deep that we can't catch up. Oh, for I sure. don't want us to be so Especially far. Especially if we're going deep out that, or something, we got to be in the same boat. Exactly. Remember that time that I I made the the one way street in Janesville become? Oh yeah. I actually made it become uh, a a two way. I remember that. That yeah. wasn't a good. That was bad news bears. That was bad news bears, but also great for the city of Janesville. They uh, did switch it. Because that street did eventually get switched to being two ways. And, and we were younger, just so you guys know, we were dumb. Yeah, this, don't, please don't d- drink and drive. This wasn't like yesterday. Uh, this is not something that we... <laughs> we're not proud of. Yeah, no. Though This this whole segment is is to shame. And I... It's, it's to shame, uh, but also to draw uh, attention to uh, a subject that needs attention in, in Wisconsin. Uh, I, I don't want to necessarily say... Uh, countrywide, because I I don't know that they, everybody else has as big of an issue as we do. I don't think any other state has as many dive bars as we do either. That's you know what true. I mean? Because yeah. it's, it's like bars there's more churches. There's more bars to grocery stores. I, yeah. I just read that recently in Wisconsin. It's like one well, of the you only can't states. get drunk at a grocery store. Huh? It's true. You got to go to the bar. <laughs> but no. So Erica, are yeah. we deciding eleven local? Yeah, do you eleven wanna, local. Uh, do you want to um, law and order this? Thing? I'm going to law and order this bitch. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.